what Scripture intended it to mean. So that's why I want to look at it tonight and see what does Scripture say? What does God say about what true love really looks like? Because like I said, there's so many different definitions. Did you know, if you look on iTunes, there are over 4,000 songs on iTunes that have the word love in the title of different people trying in some way to describe how they see love. Think about the movies that you've seen. Think about the books that you've read. You can hold 20 of them up together side by side, and I bet you'll get 20 different definitions of what love is because love is that important to us. Love is that crucial to our lives. Every single one of us, I think if we're honest for a second, we'll say, okay, we want to love somebody. We want to be loved by somebody. And see, God put that need in us. God put that desire in us to have relationships, to feel what love feels like. And he put it there because he wants us to understand that love coming from him before we understand it for anybody else. So tonight we're going to look at scripture. And most of you are familiar with a passage in 1 Corinthians that talks about what love is. Tell me if you've heard this before. Here's what it says. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 7. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. You see, we got pretty clear definition of love there, don't we? But if you take that passage and you take it through the entirety of Scripture, does anybody here know how many times in Scripture the word love is mentioned? Anybody take a guess? Four? It's more than that. Over 788 times God talks about love. It's over, it's almost 800 times that God talks about love in Scripture. Do you think love's important to God? Yeah, it is. If he puts it in there that many times, it's important to him. Think about you. How many of you, okay, don't raise your hand, just think about it in your head. How many of you at some point want to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend if you don't already? Because you want to be loved. Or one day you want to get married and you want to have kids because you want to experience that love and you want to share that love with a family. You see, I, I think that's probably almost everybody in here, if not everybody. And that's the way God designed it. That's the need. That's the desire that God put into us. And so often what we see is the rest of the world trying to tell us what love is. And we get so confused and we get so blinded by all these different definitions that we forget to look at what Scripture says love is. Now those verses right there in 1 Corinthians, that gives us a pretty good description. But I think we can boil it down to four different things. As you look through the entirety of, the entirety of Scripture, as you look at those over 788 times that love is mentioned, we're going to see that there are four things, basic things, that we need to understand about what true love looks like. Because the reality is you can't see love, can you? You can see the effects of love. You can see a couple walking down the street holding hands. You can see a mom picking up her child and hugging that child while they smile. You can see a little old man helping his wife out of the car to get her cane or her walker. You see all these different things. You see the effect of love. But what does true love actually look like? When you observe people, when you observe God, 
what does that look like? And the first thing you're going to see as you look at Scripture and look at the entirety of Scripture is this. You'll see that love is sacrificial. From the very beginning, you see through God, you see that love is sacrificial. I mean, think about this. We all know how to make sacrifices, right? How many of you have ever played on any kind of sports team? Okay, it's the majority of us in here. How many of you have ever, have ever done any kind of homework? That's hopefully the majority of you in here. How many of you have ever stayed up late to watch a movie when you really know you needed to go to sleep? Okay, you know what sacrifice looks like. Because if you played on a sports team, you spent time at practice. And you've had to run, and you've had to train, and maybe you had to lift weights, and you've sacrificed time and sacrificed other things to get that done. For those of you who have done homework, I hope it's all of you, you know that you're sacrificing some fun that you might can have in order to do homework. Or maybe the other case where you have the fun and you sacrifice your homework. Okay? But the point is, you know what sacrifice looks like. Sacrifice is easy for us sometimes when we know we're going to get something out of it. When we know it's going to benefit us. But when we talk about true love being sacrificial, we're talking not about benefiting us, but we're talking about that love being sacrificial for somebody else. That we're willing to give up something of ourselves so that someone else can understand the love that we have or the love that God has. And God was sacrificial in his love. It's, it's so unbelievably clear as you look at John 3.16. Most of you know this verse. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not die, but shall have everlasting life. God so loved the world. Us. You and I, the people that every single day do things in our lives that are not honoring to God. The people that every single day have that nasty, ugly, stinky, smelly thing on us called sin. God loved us through that. God sent his son, his only son. He sacrificed his only child for us. Now, I don't know about you guys. You willing to lay down your life for somebody? that most of the time probably turns away from you, that most of the time kind of puts you on a shelf while they go and do their own thing. That's what God did. And that's what we do to him so many times. Even when we try to get it right, we still end up messing up. But we still got to keep trying. And it tells us also in 1 John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world, excuse me, I'm reading the wrong one, by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. And see, he's talking about if we know what that love looks like, if we've seen God's sacrificial love in the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, and we have that love in us, we have the ability to turn around and have that same kind of sacrificial love for somebody else. We have the same way to lay down our own desires, our own wants, so that somebody else can have what they don't necessarily deserve, to sacrifice who we are so somebody else can know who Christ is. See, true love is sacrificial. And I can tell you right now, that looks different for every single one of us. It does. For some of you and your families, your, your family maybe doesn't make quite as much money because your mom decided to stay home and raise you when you were born instead of having a career. That's sacrificial love. 
for some of you, you decide that, that you're not going to go on a senior trip or you're not going to buy the right car or you're not going to spend the money on some of those things that your friends tell you you need to spend your money on because you're saving up to give that money for some kind of missions project or for somebody else to benefit where you could actually benefit instead. It's going to look different for every single one of us. But when we understand what true love is, we see that it's going to cause us to be willing to sacrifice the way God sacrificed for us. It's when we experience that love, that sacrificial love of what Jesus did on the cross for you and I, that we can truly understand love. And then we can turn around and we can do that same thing for somebody else. That's the first thing we see as we look through Scripture. The second thing we see about true love is this. It's beneficial. John 10.10 tells us that. It says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. See, when you experience true love, when you see true love, it adds to your life. It makes your life better. It's beneficial to you. It makes you happier. It makes you want to be around people. It makes your life better than it was before you saw it or before you had it. True love is beneficial. Now, understand this. This doesn't mean that you go into a relationship based on how well it's going to make you feel, based on how that other person is going to benefit your life. This is talking about you and I being a benefit to other people's lives. It's talking about us going out of our way to sacrifice, to make someone else's life better and happier and stronger because we're willing to do whatever it takes to put them in that position. That's what happened with the first church. In Philippians chapter 2, here's what it says. In verse 1 it says, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind, do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Now see, in the first church, when we see it in the book of Acts, that's what they were doing. It tells us that the, the believers were bringing their things, they were bringing their possessions and bringing their monies, and they were giving it to the church so the church could turn around and help everybody who needed it. They were sharing their resources. They were benefiting each other because they had experienced the love of Christ and understood that it benefited their lives. And that's what Christ is calling us to do when we want to say that we have true love or we feel real love. Our lives should be a benefit to somebody else. That special someone, that boyfriend, that girlfriend, your life should benefit them. Now, we're going to talk about dating relationships over the next two weeks. But tonight, we're going to look at just what is true love. How do I see it? Your life should be a benefit to that person, that person that you say you love. So what are the two so far? True love is what? And beneficial. You doing okay over there? Let's do the third one. True love is also this, is unconditional. You want to know what helps me understand this one? My one-year-old daughter's dirty diapers. Believe it or not, picture the scene. 
you have this, you, you have this, this beautiful, I'm not going to get too graphic. You have this beautiful little one-year-old girl crawling towards you. And she's got a big grin on her face. And whether you're a guy or girl, mama, dada, she's saying one of those. And she gets to you and gets up on her knees. And she just reaches her hands up for you. And you reach down and you pick her up and she gives you a big old hug around your neck. And at the same time, it feels like she just took a two by four out of her diaper and smacked you across the forehead. And it smells like a dump truck that has been sitting there for a year full. And as you take that baby and you go to change that diaper and she's just smiling and she's taking the new diaper and she's waving it and just laughing. And you're standing there with tears coming to your eyes, not because you're happy, but because it burns your nose hairs that bad. And you change her diaper and you put her down and she crawls off like nothing ever happened. If you can do that, you will understand unconditional love. Because if there is nothing else in this world that can throw you off how you feel about somebody, it's doing that because it's nasty. But in that experience, I can look at my daughter and I can understand that even though I really don't want to do what I'm doing at the time, and it's one of the nastiest things I've ever seen, that doesn't change the way I feel about my daughter. I know in that moment, my love's unconditional for her because that's some nasty stuff. But my love's unconditional. It doesn't matter what she does. It doesn't matter what she says. I know I'm going to love my daughter because she's my child. She's my daughter. That's the same thing God shows us about true love. God shows us that true love is completely unconditional. We're that same dirty, smelly, nasty, funkied up, dirty, diapered baby when we come to God. And he looks at us with that sin in our life. And it probably makes him cry a little bit. But he reaches down and he picks us up. And he takes that stuff away when we come to him and when we ask him. And he makes us better, and he sends us on our way, knowing that we can come back to him anytime we need to, knowing that he's there no matter what happens in our life, that his love is unconditional. It tells us this in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. It says, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were that stinky, nasty, ugly, smelly mess. Christ died for us. He showed his love for us. He came to us because his love is unconditional. A lot of people think, okay, I've got to get my life figured out before I can come to God. I got to get it cleaned up. I got to stop doing this and stop doing that. Stop dating the wrong people. Stop drinking. Stop smoking. Stop all these different things. When God says, no, you come to me, I'll clean you up. You come to me and I will clean you up. Bring all that junk with you because you can't do it on your own. My daughter, she can't change her own diaper. She'd have it everywhere. It'd be a mess and I'd still have to come and take care of it. That's what God does with us. We can't clean ourselves up. We have to come to God because he is the only one that can clean that mess up. And his love is unconditional. While we were still sinners, when we did not deserve it, when we have done everything possible to turn God away, God says, come here. I want you. I love you. So much so that my son is going to sacrifice his own life for you 
so that you may have life and you may have it abundantly. That's true love. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like from God. And when we understand that, we have the opportunity for it to look like that in our relationships too. So what are the three? Three. Love is sacrificial, beneficial, and unconditional. I got one more for you. Love is original. Let me ask you this. If you want to bloom an onion, where do you go? Outback. Sonic? Sonny's? No. You go to Outback. Why do you go to Outback? Because it's amazing. Because that's where it came from. You want a signature from Bobby Bowden, where do you go? Your grandma? Your grandma's going to sign Bobby Bowden's signature? No. I mean, I mean, you want the man himself signing it, guys. eBay? Okay, clearly that was a bad example because we've got a bunch of smart Alex in here. Yeah. You want a good chicken sandwich and waffle fries. Chick-fil-A. Okay. Do, do you understand what I'm saying here, guys? When you want the real thing, when you want the best, you go to the source. You go to the original. You go to the place where that comes from. And I'm sorry, Bobby Bowden's real signature doesn't come anywhere but from his hand. Your grandma may be able to hook you up, but you're only getting a signature from Bobby Bowden. You go to the source, guys. You go where that started. And that's the way true love is. When we want true love, we have to go to the source. You see, a lot of times we settle for imitations. This is where dating relationships come in. We decide that we want somebody to love us or we want to love somebody and we will put all of our time and all of our energy into that guy or girl that we think is just going to make everything happen right in our world. And then we get let down because they say the wrong thing or they do the wrong thing or that warm fuzzy feeling that you had the first month you were dating all of a sudden in month three, you're not so warm and fuzzy anymore. Or that person that you could sit with, and when you sat with that person, everything else in the world just went away. You didn't think about anything else. And then a year and a half later, all of a sudden, that person doesn't make everything go away anymore. You see, we do everything we can, and we pour everything we are into relationships trying to get true love, when the reality is the only relationship that's ever going to give us true love is a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Because that's the original. That's where it came from. You can't get it anywhere else but from God. That's what it tells us in Scripture. It says, 1 John 4, 7 through 8, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does, does, not, love does not know God, because God is love. See, we go to the original. We go to the source because it's only in that location where we truly understand, where we truly know what love is. And see, we're talking about this. The reason we're starting here, you know, we're doing this, this love series and in, in the next couple weeks, we're going to talk about dating. And we're going to talk about dating relationships and how we're supposed to date. Because believe it or not, the Bible doesn't talk about dating at all. And we're going to talk about, can love go too far? 
in those dating relationships. But in order to know how we're supposed to act in those dating relationships, we need to know what true love looks like. We need to know, and I, I saw this, I had a friend put this on Facebook the other day. If your relationship with God is not priority and does not guide your dating relationships, then your dating relationships are probably going to guide your relationship with God. That is not the direction you want it to go. We have to understand our relationship with God first. We have to know what true love looks like coming from Him, the original source, before we can ever know what true love might look like in a dating relationship. That's why this is so important. And my question to you is, do you know the source tonight? Do you know what true love looks like? Do you know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that you've experienced true love? A God who sacrificed his own son so that our life could benefit from it, so that we could have life abundant, so our life could turn around and make someone else's life better because we know who God is. Do you know a God that loves you no matter what? I don't care where you've been, what you've done, what you've said, what you've experienced. No matter what, God loves each and every single one of you in here tonight. It's unconditional. And it's that way because God is love. But love is one other thing, and I didn't put it on the slide here. Love is a choice. Do you realize that? Most of you, if you've ever had a boyfriend or girlfriend, chances are you've probably broken up with one of them. And you know at one point you were madly in love with them. They were the person. They were your whole world. And now maybe you're not dating them anymore. So they're not the person. And they're not your whole world. You see, our feelings, the heart tells us, <laughs> the Bible tells us the heart is deceitful and wicked above all else. Who can trust it? Our feelings will change can change. doesn't mean they will. That's why love is a choice. That's why as you, as you look through these passages, as you look at what, what happened in John 3.16 and 1 John 3.16, you see that God made a choice. At the beginning of creation, he decided, I'm going to make man and I'm going to make man in my image and I'm going to love mankind. And as you look through all the different things, even when we talked about a couple weeks ago, when, when man grieved God's heart, God still spared man, didn't he? God still loved us so much because he made a choice to love us. And we make that same choice. We make a choice to love other people. I'll tell you right now, one of these days, if you guys are married, there's going to be times where maybe you're in a fight with your spouse. And you don't feel like being loving towards that person. You have to make a choice. That's why divorce is so rampant in our society. And I know there's all kinds of other circumstances and things that bring that about. I'm not trying to minimize any of that. But I do believe a lot of that comes because we don't truly understand what love is. And we try to do the best job we can, but we don't truly follow the source. And we aren't sacrificial towards each other. And we're not beneficial. And our love certainly isn't unconditional. See, we have to make a choice to love other people that way. And it starts with making a choice to love God that way. It starts with making a choice to know the one who created you, to know the one who put the desire to love in you in the first place. 
And my question to you tonight is, do you know true love? Do you have a relationship with God? Has there been a time in your life where you have come to a point and said, I am a sinner. There are things in my life that do not honor God, and I can't do a single thing about them. I can't stop drinking. I can't stop smoking. I can't stop cussing. I can't stop looking at stuff on the internet. I can't stop doing things with my boyfriend or girlfriend. I can't stop this or this or this or this. I I can't stop. Have you come to that point? Because it's at that point God comes to you and says, I'm here and I love you. My son died for you. My son paid the price for every single thing that you think you can't stop through me. You can If we want to know true love in our relationships between each other, it starts with knowing true love in our relationship between us and God. Do you know that love tonight? Bow your heads and close your eyes because I want to ask you to to be honest for a second without looking around. Look at your life for a minute. Look at the things in your life. Look at how you spend your time. Look at your relationships. And these things we've talked about tonight, do you see your life reflecting that true love? Do you see your life being a benefit to others? Do you see your life being sacrificial and unconditional? Do you know that your love comes from God? Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? How many of you in here tonight would say, you know what, I don't know true love with other people because I don't know true love from God? I want to ask you to raise your hand. Nobody's looking around. Nobody's going to call you out. I want to ask you to raise your hand. Okay. Then you know what true love looks like. You know how God loves us. So here's my challenge to you. Tonight when you go home, tomorrow at school, Will you show true love to other people? Will you be unconditional in your relationships? Will your life be beneficial to others? Will you make sacrifices so other people can see the true love of God shining through your life? And most importantly, will you point them to the source? Will you show people where it comes from? That's my prayer for you tonight, that you will. How many of you would raise your hand and say, I'm going to do that. When I walk out of this room, I'm going to show people what true love looks like because I know what true love looks like. Raise your hand high so I can see it. Okay? That's a lot of you. Let's do it. Let's not just say it. Let's not just talk about it. Let's show people. So when somebody asks them, how do you spot true love? They've experienced it through your life and they know. God, we thank you. God, you, <laughs> you've done so much for us. God, your love can't even begin to describe what your love does for our lives. And God, my prayer tonight is that through my life, through everyone else's life in this room, Lord, we all say we know you. We have a relationship with you, God. My prayer is that we will be examples of your true love to other people. That as people experience us, God, they experience your love. And God, I pray for each person in this room. We've all got different relationships, God. 
And there's times we want to be selfish. There's times we want to just live for us. God, I pray that that you'll smack us upside the head every time that happens. That you'll get our attention and remind us of what you've done in our lives. And show us how to do that for other people. It's in Jesus' name we pray. If you got a prayer request, you can write it on one of those cards. And bring it up here to the basket.